0: Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture on the Rocks. This one is a little bit different for us because due to our, you know, busy schedules because, you know, we've got just some crazy stuff going on in our, our real life. Right. <laughs> just socialites and such. <laughs> um, we are actually having to record this in the morning instead of at night. So it is currently 7.05 a.m. You can definitely enjoy our morning voices. I personally am half awake right now. <laughs> So, uh, if I sound a little different, that's why, but it should be fun. It'll be a different kind of energy and delirium that we bring to the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be an experiment for all of us.
0: <laughs> we are uh, curious to see how it goes. So thanks for going along with us. And, you know, if you happen to listen to our show early in the morning when you commute or something like that, then maybe you can relate. True. Well, Anna, what are you drinking this <laughs> fine morning? Well, uh, since I don't promote morning drinking...
1: Um- <laughs> I am just having a cup of coffee. It's called Autumn Spice, and it's a flavored coffee from my favorite local coffee shop here in Mississippi, so it's very good. I normally don't drink a ton of black coffee, just like regular drip coffee, but I really like flavored coffee black. And this one is really good because it's more of like a maple taste. And I highly recommend it. It's very good.
0: That sounds delicious. I love coffee. Wish I had some right now. And that flavor sounds really good. Thank you. You'll have to come
1: try it sometime.
0: Yes, I definitely want to. I kind of cut it close with my waking up to when we were going to record. So I didn't have time to go get some coffee and... Right now, my options of making coffee are limited at the house. So, uh, I'm having water on the rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And hopefully that will keep me alert and wake me up a bit. I guess that's a healthier thing to do anyway. Start the day with water, not coffee. Starting the day off right with some H2O. What have you been watching or reading or consuming lately? So, what I'm watching right now... It's actually from
1: 2015, but I feel like it still has some good content in it. Uh, It's Barbara Walters Presents American Scandals. Mm. Ooh. (laughs) So uh, from what I read online, it has two seasons. And it's basically like she's going over some of like the most publicized trials and crimes and things like that. The first episode is Jean-Benet Ramsey, which, you know, if that tells you the kind of show that it is, talking a lot about how the media influenced a lot of people into what they believe about the case and things like that. So it's really interesting. Um, I've watched the first four episodes and two of them I had never heard of. So like, it's not fun learning about these things, but I think it's important to know What's kind of shaped our our culture and what's shaped like how the media has shaped um, our world into how it thinks about the justice system and all sorts of things.
0: We haven't talked about it a ton on our podcast, but Anna and I are both big true crime people mm-hmm. and love learning about various cases and listening to true crime podcasts and all that. On a lighter note, though, if
1: you watch Celebrity Big Brother, <laughs> you would be happy to know that America's favorite house guest, Kato Kalin <laughs> is a big proponent of the O.J. Simpson episode. So there's that, I guess. <laughs>
0: That's right. Yes, because <laughs> that's always how I knew who he was mm-hmm. was from that case. So, yeah. to be
1: honest, whenever Celebrity Big Brother came on, I did not realize who Cato Kalin was. Like at the at that point I didn't really know a lot about the O.J. Simpson trial other than, you know, just the like the car chase and like the glove and, you know, things I feel like you just kind of hear in passing. I didn't realize that, you know, he was like the star witness at the time. So, yeah, they kind of showed like trial footage of him. And then Barbara Walters brought him back and she interviewed him like back in 2015. Kind of like, how do you view the case now and things like that.
0: Gotta love Barbara.
1: Oh, yeah. She's an icon. Barbara Walters is 91 years old.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. That makes sense because my whole life she's been old. But <laughs> But she has aged so well. Like she looks yeah, so Yeah,
1: absolutely. And considering the amount of stress she's been under these past yeah. several years interviewing True. very emotional people, can only imagine.
0: Okay, so what I've been watching is a little bit untraditional you know we've been doing this so long to have traditions (laughs) now but (laughs) Um, you know we are not boxed in as we as we say you've talked about a book so it's kind of whatever we're consuming at the time. I do keep up with some people on YouTube and I thought I would plug that. I will say that I've never really been a big YouTube person, and I still don't consider myself in the know as far as, like, the popular people on YouTube, like, the really famous people. I don't know who they are. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Yeah, I may know their name, but I know nothing about them. You know, our friend Elizabeth, who's been on here, and our friendly Allison, who will be on here at some point. Uh, They usually keep us up to date on, you know, the big YouTube drama. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I've just never been into it. But my roommate, Caitlin, got me into some certain like vloggers in the last year. So I do keep up with them because I've become invested with their lives. And at this point, I feel like I know them. But specifically, Brooke Michio, she actually sent me a video on my birthday, which was very cool. That is sweet. Yes. Um, Caitlin actually messaged her on Instagram and she was kind enough to send a video and she's really funny. She is from Long Island, but she lives in New York city now. So it's very interesting, especially living in this pandemic to see what New York city is like. And she just moved there in July. So she's still kind of learning it too. And she's just really funny. She went to University of Georgia and she's 23 now. So it's kind of fun to see her branching out and blooming, I guess. But (laughs) she actually is a huge fan of Big Brother and Amazing Race. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Check her out on YouTube. Awesome. Anna, it is your turn to provide us with a reason that you and I should be on The Amazing Race. Is it because we can record a podcast at 7 in the morning?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that could come in handy. You never know. But I actually do feel like what we're doing right now and what we just watched this week is very relatable. So the reason we should be on The Amazing Race is because we can handle lack of sleep, and we can read our clue.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: So this episode, as we'll get into at the end of this episode, is um a lot of people so far this season have made the error of not completely reading their clue or not completely following what the directions say, which that's something that Callan and I have talked about being like our number one thing that we're going to make sure that we do. And being super fans, you know, it's one of those things, you know, that's super important. And I know that Will and James are super fans, and they kind of like beat themselves up a little bit about not completely reading the clue. So obviously it's possible to do that, even though you're a super fan and know how important it is to double check your clue, triple check your clue. So that's why I also wanted to include that... Callan especially does really well with a lack of sleep and I think that was something that wasn't doesn't really seem to be mentioned on the episode but it's what I've read several places was that you know this was a um there were like continuations of the leg and so for my understanding this cast has not really had a pit stop yet they've been just like sleeping in airports sleeping on their plane as they commute things like that like they haven't had a full pit stop to like actually have 12 hours to just rest. So I'm sure that has to be a part of some of the errors in, like, not recognizing things like the horn Mm -hmm. last episode or um, this current episode where just everybody made a mistake in one way or the other. I definitely can struggle a little bit if I haven't had enough sleep. Mainly, like, you know, I'm a little irritable. I'm probably not as sharp thinking wise, (laughs) but so maybe this is more of a talent for Callan, but I know that if she is in the mindset of like, we're going to do this, we're going to be on task, then it would influence me to help me like, you know, have that energy come back and things like that.
0: I totally agree. We've operated off of little sleep before or sleeping in an uncomfortable spot like we've talked about too um at an airport so I think we're prepped and you know the race will give us the energy we need because we're gonna be running on adrenaline anyway absolutely and I think as long as we keep that top of mind that we need to be reading the dang clue <laughs> then we'll be fine <laughs> yeah
1: we'll make shirts to remind ourselves
0: yes maybe that could be our tattoo Hey, there we go. Hashtag I read your clue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we dive deep into the last couple episodes of Amazing Race, I am educating Anna today on a Netflix show that I watched, uh, was that last year, I guess? Who knows at this point? Um, yes, I believe it was. It came out um, in December of 2019, and it is called Virgin River. Anna, I think you would really like this show, so maybe I can really just sell it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Because you have not seen any of it. No, I have not. No,
1: I have no spoilers or any concept of what's about to happen.
0: Oh good, even better. For anyone listening, I will keep this spoiler free while still providing the plot and some info on the characters excellent so like I said it came out last December and it was 10 episodes as Netflix likes to do (laughs) just enough to leave you wanting more Um, of course (laughs) uh, so it's kind of funny because I so I watched this and then I think I mentioned in an earlier episode of ours that I was watching Heart of Dixie just like when I you know before bed. Yeah. Yeah, Virgin River very similar plot to Heart of Dixie. Okay. I'm not sure if it was if anybody ripped off anybody. Virgin River was uh, originally a set of books. Hmm. So, I'm not sure if maybe Heart of Dixie was inspired by Virgin River and now Virgin River has its own show. I I don't know about that. All I know is there's some very specific similarities that I will mention. It is set in a small town called Virgin River that is in California. So it's a beautiful setting. It's one of those shows that kind of gives you a fall vibe just because of the scenery. And it's kind of just a relaxing setting, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Also, it gives me I don't know, like a Gilmore Girls type vibe. The plot is not like that at all, but the setting kind of reminds you of that Hallmark-esque, just kind of like this small, cute town in fall. But I will say there is more drama than you would see on a Hallmark series. Okay, I love it. So the main character is a woman named Mel, and she is a midwife and nurse practitioner. And she is from LA. So she's been working at a hospital in LA and she answered an ad that was for a job at the clinic in Virgin River. She moved there and the first episode begins with her moving and getting kind of introduced to the town and her new job. But you can tell that she's leaving some painful memories behind and we don't really know what happened or why she's leaving but you could tell like she just needed to completely change her scenery go where no one knows her and start fresh and try to kind of forget whatever has happened In her past. So it makes you wonder. "Mm, What has happened with her? The main doctor at the clinic. Who is her boss. His name on the show. Is Vernon or Doc. As they say. Um, Are you a local physician in a small town. If people don't call you Doc. (laughs) Definitely not. Um, But what is weird. Is that the same actor. Who plays Doc. Also plays the doctor. On Heart of Dixie.
1: Wow, that is a weird coincidence.
0: Yeah, that is super weird because when I watched the first episode of Heart of Dixie and I saw him mm-hmm. <laughs> come in, I said, What? Didn't I just watch this? This is so weird. But anyway, very different show still. But that was just a super odd kind of thing. And not only is it weird that it's the same actor, but also on both shows, he's annoyed about this new person coming in. And their style is different because they're from the big city. So they don't know how to handle, you know, the small town uh, medical care, I guess. And so, like, in both shows, he's grumpy and kind of against the the new person at first and stuck in his ways. So it's just it, he's the same person on the show. There's also a character um, named Jack and he owns the local restaurant and bar and he's also a former marine. This is Mel's love interest basically. You can tell from the first episode they connect and you can see that he also has things going on that he's struggling with specifically PTSD. Without even really knowing each other they seem to connect over pain in their past and things that they are trying to heal from. There's also some other side characters that are fun or kind of bring You know, some excitement to the story. You have Preacher, who is Jack's best friend. He works at Jack's Bar, and he's also a former Marine. Uh, You have Hope. She's the mayor of Virgin River. She's super cute and she's very spunky. I feel like that's the word you would describe her as. Of course, you know, the people that have lived in Virgin River have history. Some of them have different connections and relationships that you kind of find out, so I don't want to spoil any of that for you, but everyone is kind of interconnected as it goes in a small town. Everybody knows too much about each other. The series follows Mel, and, you know, they are different medical cases but it's focused more on the patients and maybe what their story is or background is then you also follow Mel and Jack's relationship but then you also see a lot of Hope and Vernon so it's really interesting setup because as you watch each episode it's like there's a piece added to the puzzle so it's different than other shows where you start out with all this information and then it's just, it progresses from there. This one instead is you start out and you're like, you have all these people, but you don't really know what's going on. And so each episode adds a piece to that puzzle and kind of provides clarity. You start seeing Mel's flashbacks to her life in LA and are putting together the pieces of what has happened in her life that has been traumatic or painful for her and it kind of gives you insight into what she's going through and then Jack also has flashbacks to his time as a Marine. I really enjoyed the series. It was one of those... (laughs) The first, like, mm, two episodes, I think, almost through the second episode, I was like, okay, this is very Hallmark-esque, which I like that, because, you know, it's, you kind of know what to expect, and, I don't know, it's that vibe, but I will say at the end of, I believe, the second episode, something happened, and I said, oh, we are not on Hallmark anymore. <laughs> It's a really easy show to watch and binge, I think. There's drama, but it's not annoying kind of drama or frustrating drama. I really like all of the characters, which is also helpful because it's kind of annoying when you don't like at least the main people. Um, but... Everyone I've mentioned, I like. So yeah, I recommend checking it out. And actually, now is a good time to watch it because season two is coming out on November 27th, right after Thanksgiving. So I'm definitely going to be watching that, but it's a good time. If you want to bench it, you're going to have season two coming right behind it, which is nice because the rest of us have. We've had to wait a year because it does kind of leave you like it leaves you hanging a little bit.
1: Yeah, that sounds definitely like something that I would enjoy. I do enjoy kind of those (sighs) dramas of just like small towns and people adapting from a big city to a small town. Very, like you said, kind of like Hallmark-esque. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how it's probably more realistic in the way that it has more... realistic issues going on rather than I don't know what the issue is but I'm imagining it's a little bit of a bigger deal bigger deal than like a big company is about to take over my parents land or something like that <laughs> which that is a big yes. deal not to knock that but right yeah yeah the, that's kind the of hallmark the hallmark form- classic like
0: i have to go in here at this building or whatever yeah yeah kind they're of they're going to tear down a landmark mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that's a great word for it I mean, obviously, any TV show you could say is unrealistic, I guess, but I I think this one is much more realistic than other dramas, and that's nice. It's refreshing. All these people you feel like you could know, their stories are definitely realistic, and I'm sure, too, a lot of people would be relatable, which is, I think, a plus. Yeah.
1: Definitely. I'll have to give it a
0: shot. That's exciting that the
1: new season's coming soon.
0: Yes. Let me know what you think if you get to it. And um, I'm sure I'll be mentioning that I will be watching season two. Moving on to Amazing Race, like we alluded to a little bit earlier. We actually have a couple episodes to chat about, so we can just dive right in (laughs) Episode two, they flew to Colombia. I was honestly amazed everyone pronounced Bogota correctly because people on this show in the past, Bogota, Bogota, you know. Yeah, I mean,
1: me included. There are a lot of mispronunciations of countries on The Amazing Race, kind of notorious. Like I remember Stephen and I were watching an old season. And they went to the Seychelles, which is something I wouldn't know how to say either if I just saw it spelled out. So everyone's like, Seychelles, Seychelles," <laughs> like, you know, the joys of listening to an American try to read, <laughs> read a word. <laughs> yeah, so like Callan said, they're all headed to Columbia and they get their clue, which tells them to go to the salt mines of Columbia, which was really interesting. So they get on their gear and go in there and they're trying to look for a yield glass. And it's been a while since we've seen the yield on The Amazing Race. Um, I think they showed a flashback to Colin and Christy their first season where a yield was used on them. And, you know, hot-headed Colin always has something to say. (laughs) Um, but everybody had to find a yield glass and you had to decide if you wanted the 10 minute yield glass or the 20 minute yield glass. And the yield is basically throughout the race, there's going to be a sign posted where you can play your yield towards another team where basically they are yielding to you. So they would have to stop for 10 minutes or 20 minutes. I mean, it would work out really well if you have a team that's literally right behind you. And that 10 or 20 minutes could make you first place. Or if it's, you know, the last two teams, it could put that team even further behind. If it's utilized well, it's something that can be really game changing but all the teams had to decide if they're going to look for the 10 minute or the 20 minute which of course the 20 minute is probably less amount and they're probably a little bit harder to find but you kind of have to value your time because there are only there are only five places to sign up for the first flight which left at six o'clock so the first five people to sign up would make the 6 a.m flight if you were not the first five people then you would have to take the 6.30 flight, which, you know, an amazing race time, 30 minutes can be a pretty big deal. The first five people who got on the 6 a.m. flight ended up being beneficial for those people because later on it's revealed that those first five teams have made an alliance that they want to keep those first five teams still in the race.
0: You had to really decide how much is it worth it to me to find this 20-minute one. Like, I'll Mm -hmm. just grab one that I see first. So I feel like that's what a lot of people ended up doing. So I'm interested to see how the yield comes into play. I'm kind of excited they brought that back because I think that is an interesting thing. I have mixed feelings about the U-turns. So I kind of like the yield in that it can definitely be an advantage, but it's not necessarily a death sentence. Absolutely. Yeah. So the roadblock, they went to a circus type. Place. It looked like a place where a lot of young people go and can kind of practice all these skills, which was really neat. So the roadblock ended up being where you had to first roll in one of those big circles where your body is just like you're an X, you know, and they roll you around to make you dizzy, which looked kind of fun. But then you had to go walk across a tightrope carrying like a platter with a wine bottle. And then go back with the wine glasses. And I feel like, nope, maybe it was editing, but it seemed like nobody really struggled with this that much except for Alana. I mean, I'm not going to say it was just easy, but it was nice seeing that, you know, everybody could kind of get it. But yeah, Alana kind of struggled on that and kept dropping her, her wine bottle. I feel like where everybody struggled was the challenge where they had to decorate a truck to match... The example, and there are a ton of pieces like you know carpeting, put streamer like things around the truck in certain spots, and they're just it was one of those where you have to pay a lot of attention to detail. The kicker was you had to assemble the horn because when the judge finished, he would push the horn, and you know that was your signal that you were good to go. I don't, I just it blew my mind how many people, almost every team. From got the horn part and had to figure out what they're missing
1: so usually there's at least one challenge in the race where you are trying to make a copy of something whether it's like building or like decorating like this one and I feel like sometimes there are several teams who miss like a very small detail and that's what keeps them behind but yeah this horn Detail was specifically in the clue where it said something like you need to hook up the horn for the local or something like that. And so it specifically told you to hook up the horn. It wasn't even like that was something that people kept missing because it was underneath where the tire is. So... To me, that was even worse because it's like the show kind of gave it to you. Like, remember, you got to hook up the horn.
0: I know you mentioned, you know, they did not have a rest in between these two legs. So, you know, yes, I'm giving grace there. But to me, if we were on there, if something is going wrong and we can't figure it out, you know, the first couple times... I just think your first thing you do is, well, let's reread the clue and see if it gives a clue. Right.
1: Yeah. I feel like that would be a natural instinct to maybe, almost like you're starting over, read your clue first and then let's go check the truck again and, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Just take a breath, get fresh eyes and say, okay, is there something here that we are missing that is obvious? And I, I just feel like people weren't doing that. Like, just look at your clue again. Yeah. And it, I was very frustrated for James when he said, we need to look at the clue again. And Will was like, it's not going to be in the clue. Yeah. Like, what show are you on?
1: <laughs> for every Amazing Race fan out there, you know, the sound effect of like the dum, dum, dum. kind of like <laughs> they make that noise whenever you make a mistake. Um, kind of like alerting the audience like remember that's a mistake right there and these last two episodes I've never heard that sound effect so much
0: (laughs) that's so true oh my gosh that was so frustrating so that took people forever eventually Leo and Alana told Kaylin and Haley that they needed to hook up the horn because I guess they're friends that's how they figured that out and then Kelly and LaVon ended up coming in last place at the pit stop and were eliminated which was a bummer so sad yeah cuz
1: like we mentioned they were like they might have been my top team
0: oh yeah and so
1: that was ugh, you hate seeing people go out like that that's disappointing cuz I, I, I know they were super super entertaining they had a really sweet friendship And, I mean, hello, look at them. They're, like, so athletic and smart. Frank and Jerry were at the back of the pack with Kelly and LaVon. And it just seemed like Kelly and LaVon could not catch a break with that Mm -hmm. taxi driver. Like, he was just the worst, apparently. (laughs) Like, and he even had a GPS on his phone, but he didn't have a cell phone charger. And then, (laughs) like... (laughs) So I don't know what the leg would have looked like if they did not have him as a taxi driver. You know, you can only play what if so much. Yeah, that was really disappointing because they were definitely one of my top teams in general and definitely my favorite female team, all female team. (sighs) So you hate to see somebody go out, especially with a bad taxi, because that's really something you can't really...
0: You can't control. Yeah. I really, I hate that they first of all couldn't, really make up for last time where they came next to last um they just couldn't yeah catch a break and catch back up into the mix of things um and I really hate when people go out because of a taxi driver that's so frustrating and you know that's an element of the race there is some luck involved and you know can you make up for time you know things like that are going to happen to most teams at some point during the race so it's frustrating but that is an element of the game and you know that when you sign Up for it, but yeah, I was bummed to see them go. Yeah, me too. But they
1: had their first hug after so many years
0: (laughs) 20 years of friendship. I have
1: friendships like that too, where like we don't show any physical, like, all right, bye, like we don't hug or anything like that. So I feel
0: that, I get that, yeah. So, in the most recent episode, they flew to Manaus in Brazil. And at the airport, Will and James initiated an alliance first with the pro volleyball guys and then with a few other teams. Kind of those five teams that have been at the top of the pack each time and formed, you know, a loose alliance to where they will help each other along the way. Now, Anna, how do you feel about alliances on the race? Because I'm curious to hear your opinion. It's hard to say, especially since in comparison
1: to like Big Brother and Survivor, for example, alliances really aren't a huge thing that's talked about. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's still kind of a new concept for players to, to develop, like especially like this, like a pretty strong alliance. So I can definitely see pros and cons, especially Will and James mentioned that it can be very beneficial for people at the front of the pack to make an alliance with other people who are near them so like your alliance basically if you have people who are around you placement wise you're keeping each other in that placement rather than trying to get this other person to the bottom but keeping yourself at the top so that makes sense to me especially at the beginning of the game trying to keep everybody together but I don't know I mean the Amazing Race is a very selfish game I feel like you you really need to just pay attention for yourself and help yourself and your teammate more so than anyone else so there were some times on this that I was kind of like I personally didn't think it was the better decision to tell someone that because literally everyone on this on this week on this leg made a mistake whether mm-hmm. it was I know we haven't talked about the market yet, but literally everyone made a mistake either not buying the correct items or forgetting their bag or something like that or not having all of their items when they got their bag. So there was a lot of just like back and forth, back and forth. And sometimes I'm just thinking like you're on your own sometimes in that situation. Um, like even like with, with Gary and D'Angelo, I figured, I, I kind of felt like they made a better decision because they waited until, which I don't even know if those girls are in his alliance. They're not. Okay. See, that's weird.
0: I think that was just like out of the kindness of their heart.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And see, like that would be, I think that's what I would do if I were in an alliance with that person. I don't know if I would tell them if they were not in my alliance to For personal reasons, I would just be like, you're on your own. Bye. Well, yeah, yeah. And they
0: didn't ask. It's, yeah, that's a whole other thing, too. If this team says, like, hey, are we supposed to have our bag? And you lie. That's up to you, I guess, in the moment. But yeah,
1: I think that's a, a more difficult thing, because I think that that's what happened with Frank and Jerry asking Iswar and Aparna about the bag or the machete or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That situation, I feel like can be a little difficult because I don't really know if it's ever beneficial to lie to a team, Mm -hmm. especially knowing that a U-turn comes up later. True, But also, I mean, from what I've heard, Frank and Jerry were very far behind. So at the same time, it's like, well, they were already finished with their task. And you know that Frank and Jerry are having to go back. So sometimes it's like, you might as well just help out a team, even if... You don't have an alliance with them. So I guess my answer is it's more situational. Like, I don't think I would seek out to have an alliance with anyone unless we just have like an immediate like friendship bond with another team. But I think it would be more of an alliance maybe with one other person rather than five other people. What do you think? What are your thoughts?
0: It's hard. I think if I were in the game, I would be glad that I was in an alliance. Yeah. But watching the game I find alliances to be very annoying. <laughs> yeah right. So it's kind of hard because I can see why they're doing it and I'm not necessarily mad that they're doing it but I just think it really takes away from the show. You know, I'm sure there are mixed opinions about this and maybe this is because I have a problem with change. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't feel like Amazing Race was built for alliances. And it frustrates me to think we're letting the gameplay on other shows maybe influence this. True. And trying to leak that over when it needs to stay how it was meant to be. And that's not to say I'm not here for you know the show adapting in some ways. But it's just more annoying to me to watch. Yeah. With that said, I'm with you. Like, if we're on there and I'm all for helping people if you need to, like, I kind of look at sometimes, like, okay, if I give you a tip, hopefully that means later, if I'm in your position, you'll help me. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like that. It's like, hey, that one time I told you, like, can y'all tell us if we're going in the right direction? Like something like that. I think that's good to have. And you want people to like you and you want to help. When you can for that reason. So hopefully they'll help you again later. But to go out of your way to help is where it gets tricky, I think. I think Gary and D'Angelo did the right thing. If they were going to tell Michelle and Victoria about the bag. Yeah, you're right. They're not in their alliance though. So I I don't know about that. But they're going to tell them. At least they kind of waited until they had already wasted a lot of time.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like you still have the advantage in that situation.
0: I don't foresee myself wanting to go out of my way to just help other people because that's not the purpose of the game yeah right you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't think that makes you m- a mean team if you see that they don't have their bag and you don't tell them yeah they didn't read their clue or they didn't mm-hmm. follow the instructions yeah and they're not asking you for help so that's on them at the mm-hmm. end of the day and everybody has to take responsibility so yeah I get super annoyed when we're over here assembling this, like, in the detour, the cooking or the hut assembly. And with both of those, I get super annoyed when a team would just walk over to their alliance member and be like, here's what you do. Yeah. Or like, oh, this is what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like... To me, just as a viewer, it really takes away the fun of the game of you should be able to figure out the challenge. And if you can't, then you should go home. Right. Yeah. Especially when, again, when you're not asking for help. It's one Mm -hmm. thing, again, if I ask you, hey, are these palm fronds turned over the right way? And you tell me yes or no. But for you to come over and say, this is exactly what you need to do. It's like okay, then what's the point of this?
1: Yeah, it was frustrating to watch. But like you said, I'm sure in the game setting for the racers, it's like, you know, it's most beneficial that you keep your your group together. But, yeah, TV wise, it's kind of just it's like, okay, well, they're going to get it because these people are going to tell them what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. And it pushes the other people further back. You know, kind of i guess kind of the underdogs of the group
0: i mean yeah from a game standpoint if we are in there or if anybody's in there it's it's like on any of these shows if people ask you to be in an alliance you say yes like, yeah <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna be on the amazing race and these four other strong teams say do y'all want to help each other and work together and say nah i'm good <laughs> Right. Because that's just going to put a target on your back and you don't want to come across as unwilling to help other teams. Right. So, yeah, I mean, of course I would say sure, but I also would not create that yeah. situation. Right. So. I don't know. I guess it's just preference on how people want to play. I will say in comparison to other seasons, the one thing I like about this alliance is it was formed with teams that are in the top, not created with people who are clicky and friends. Because we have seen that in the past where it's the cool Kids, you know, let's yeah. help each other and knock out all these other people. And I'm like, okay, when did this become a popularity contest? Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's very true. It just kind of came out of convenience, I guess, and kind of wanting to keep all of the the top teams together,
0: right? And that there's at least strategy to that, and I'm not against that entirely.
1: Yeah. Yeah I feel the same way because there are Mm -hmm. there have been alliances that are just yeah clicky or like teams have this awkward flirtation (laughs) with each other (laughs) so yeah this is at least more entertaining than that that's for sure. What did you think about Will and James U-turning Leo and Alana?
0: I can see why they did it because I feel like Leo and Alana must not have realized that everybody knew they helped Kaylin and Haley in the previous truck challenge. So I could see why they did it if they were going to U-turn someone. But also, I don't think they had to U-turn anyone. When you're the first team to arrive, you have the luxury of not having to U-turn anyone. And you should probably either save it because you can use it later or so that people don't know you did. (laughs) Like, you don't put a target on your back.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. it was it surprised me that they used the U-turn at all. Uh, but I do like I did like that the clue included that they're only going to be two u-turns this season which i think will be really interesting especially since we have the yield as well and like you said especially these double u-turns and the u-turn being right before the pit stop i feel like it's like you said it's kind of a death sentence like if you're already at the end of the pack and then you also have to do the other side of the detour it's really really hard to come back from that because there's nothing there's no other challenge after that so everyone's already checked in and it's just a matter of well
0: you were behind and now (laughs) you're further behind so that was sad that whole part of the episode really upset me maybe i'm more upset at the situation than the people i don't know but i understood why kaylin and Haley used the u-turn because they felt like they owed Leo and Alana so that makes sense but they could have taken the opportunity to U-turn a strong team like I know we're playing a game where there's not really fair and unfair and that doesn't matter to the contestants and that's not the point so sorry but this is just how I feel I personally don't think and I guess it could change but I don't think that I would U-turn someone who is already at the end of the pack has had the most struggles of the day from what you can tell and is not a threat to you I just don't see the point when they U-turned Jerry and Frank it's kind of like really like why are you making I, I and I know it's it's you don't have to take into consideration other teams experiences or feelings it's like really like why are you just putting the nail in the coffin like i mean that's literally what it was yeah it was because mm-hmm. when they when they u-turned them i'm like well they're going home like there's yeah. no there was no way around it but some of the teams behind them i mean You have the opportunity to U-turn a strong team that is behind you and you never know how they're going to, they might suck at the other challenge. And then you're giving these other teams chances to catch up that are not as good. And let's say somehow they are just better at their one detour that they have to do and can get ahead. Then you can get out this strong team. Like, I'm not saying I wanted any of these people to be U-turned, but like the volleyball guys were behind them and they are amazing. And I feel like they're going to go really far. They could have U-turned them and made them go do the other one. And they probably would have done well, but you're giving these teams behind them a time to catch up while this other team is doing the other detour and then maybe they can somehow edge out this good team then you've gotten rid of a strong team and you've paid your debt to Leo and Alana and then you also aren't just Really screwing over a team for no reason. I just got upset about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I actually I thought about you whenever I was watching the episode because I remember our last podcast episode. You talked about how much you enjoyed Frank and and uh, Jerry.
0: Yeah, I think they're so cute. Yeah,
1: it was really disappointing. And I mean, in that situation too, it's like the editing can't make it seem like it's really close. Mm-mm. So I think everybody when they saw that they got u-turned it was like well we already know who's getting eliminated because and also because phil specifically said last team to arrive will be eliminated so it was like not even a chance of like oh maybe it's not elimination so the ending of the episode was just kind of <sighs> meh not really I mean it's predictable
0: obviously well I will be honest and say that I teared up a little bit at Jerry and Frank um when they were having their little moment at that last challenge yeah saying how much they loved each other and I just loved that they finished the challenge even though they knew they were last and I just think they are awesome so I'm really sad to see them go I I you know, they've been towards the back of the pack the whole time, so I think it would have been hard for them to overtake these teams in the future. Honestly, I know it's part of the game, but seeing people go home because of a U-turn is really not fun to watch to me, (laughs) especially when it's done this way. Now, I will add, because I saw people talking about this online, it's, again, a good strategy thing, but also if you're in it or watching it, it's really frustrating because it's really screwing people over, but someone made the point that if another team in that core alliance had thought about it at the U-turn, then after Will and James U-turned Leo and Alana, Someone could have U-turned someone they knew was ahead of them, like Will and James, and nullified that one. And then it would have only been Leo and Alana doing the U-turn and really would have probably, you know, done them in.
1: Yeah, that's been an interesting strategy that people have
0: used. I get the thought behind it because you can almost guarantee not quite but you can almost guarantee they're gonna have to go home but it's just kind of like a dirty move to me because it, it, if you're gonna u-turn somebody at least give them a chance to go up against someone else that's u-turned if it's True. a double u-turn and
1: also i wonder what the episode would have looked like if the detour and the u-turn were at the beginning of the episode to where yeah. all those people go into the market made all of those mistakes. And then who knows what would have happened at that point? True. Because that was just... That was a some- hot mess. <laughs> it really oh my was gosh. a hot mess. Just people not really understanding and not reading. And I'm sure fatigue was involved as well. But that to me would have been way more entertaining having the detour and the U-turn at the beginning because Frank and Jerry would I assume wouldn't have been as far behind and then would all of those mistakes that other people had made helped them become I mean I don't know if they would have been able to surpass other people but you know it would it seems like there would be it would be more possible for those two teams that were u-turned to be able to make up time. And I think that's my biggest frustration because I can understand where you're coming from as well from like a strategic standpoint, but Mm -hmm. also just from like a production standpoint, a U-turn doesn't have to mean it's a death sentence. And I think if you put it at the beginning of the episode and you have a task after the detour, either it's a roadblock or like the market deal, then at least you have some kind of glimmer of hope like, well, maybe this person's going to make a mistake at this other task and that's going to give that person who got u-turned second like frank and jerry an opportunity to catch up a little bit and it at least make the end of the episode
0: somewhat a little bit more exciting than okay they got u-turned in the end i totally agree that when it's right up next to a pit stop it's just not quite fair i don't feel like as far as production goes and honestly if it had been at the beginning I feel like Jerry and Frank would not necessarily have been U-turned. I mean, Leo and Alana probably would have because there was actually a reason that they were getting U-turned. But I'm not sure that Jerry and Frank still would have been U-turned. So. That's
1: true. Yeah, because they probably wouldn't have been seen as, oh, well, they're not even here yet, so let's U-turn them.
0: I don't know. I'm sad to see them go, and I'm curious if the alliance will make it to the final five or if they start. I I have a feeling somebody's gonna make somebody mad, and that'll be either yielding
1: someone or yeah, Yeah. U-turning. We have one more U-turn coming at some point.
0: Yeah, I'm very curious to see how it goes in the future, and we will continue to watch and analyze and provide our our hypothetical situation
1: yeah for our hypothetical sorry would we have done the cooking or the hut building
0: I would have preferred to do the cooking
1: same here and mainly because I really like food and trying like (laughs) regional foods but yeah that seemed to be like it would be more up our alley but it also seemed like the hut building was very detail oriented as well. Just making sure you're doing, you know, but yeah, like we've said, we're not the best builders. So I think cooking would have been a better choice for us. If,
0: if I don't have to build, I don't want to. So yeah, right. (laughs) I think we definitely could have done that. So, and hang out with all the the people. I think that would have been cool, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That was, I really enjoyed that part of the episode
0: for sure. Very neat. Well, let us know which one you would have done, um, how you feel about alliances on The Amazing Race. I feel like we had a taste of all the shows between the alliances. The Hut made me feel like we were on Survivor. I mean, <laughs> right. you really got it all. So, That's true. Let us know what you think and leave us a message or comment on Instagram, Twitter, or by sending us an email and be sure to rate review and subscribe if you would be so kind and i think that's it for this episode thanks for joining us this morning
1: (laughs) yes thanks for bearing with us as our brains are trying to catch up
0: yeah my brain is still rebooting i think so
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening we hope you have a great day today we're pop culture on the rocks I'm Anna. I'm Callan.
0: Read your clue.